0: So the Blue Jackets came back down to earth last night, losing 4 nothing to the Carolina Hurricanes. We're going to talk a little bit about that, but don't worry. The future is bright for Columbus, and we've got another draft profile for you. That is what's coming up today on Locked on Blue Jackets. Your Locked on Blue Jackets, your daily podcast on the Columbus Blue Jackets, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Blue Jackets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am as always your host, Jay Foster, here to give you a special weekend edition of Locked On Blue Jackets. We're going to talk a little bit about last night's game, not too much because uh, I sat down with another prospect expert earlier this week and talked about two very exciting prospects that could potentially be there for Columbus. So, uh, that's mostly what we're going to talk about today. Before we get started, I do want to thank everyone for making this your first listen of the day every day. Lockdown Blue Jackets is free and available on all podcast platforms and soon-to-be YouTube, so keep your eye out for that. So we'll we'll get the, the less fun thing out of the way first. Uh, the Blue Jackets lose 4-0 to the Carolina Hurricanes, just... After the game, Brad Larson said, "Well, I'm not going to watch the tape from that one. The assistant coaches aren't going to watch the tape from that one. I assume that means that the players aren't going to be watching any game tape from that. Uh, sometimes you're just tired. Uh, I think a bunch of a bunch of things kind of coincided. You know, it was a hard game against Florida the night before. They had to travel." second half of a back to back the blue jackets only managed 19 shots on goal to carolina's 50 shots on goal so unfortunately that means that uh, patrick laine's point streak stops at 11 the blue jackets win streak stops at uh the win streak stops at 4 which hey a four game win streak is not not the worst thing in the world uh, frustrating that it happened to carolina but it is what it is. Uh, I do want to say one thing of note just before we uh, move on entirely, because, like I said, I don't want to spend a ton of time talking about this. It was a bad game, and sometimes games are bad and we don't pay attention to them. Uh, the Hurricanes had fi- uh, 50 shots on goal, so JF Perube made 46 of 50 saves, which, considering what a, what a tough week he's had already, you know, uh, facing the Panthers last night facing uh, a bunch of shots with Toronto the night before like i think someone said he's faced 96 94 shots over the past 26 hours or within a 26 hour period and he allowed seven goals on those 94 shots so not a not a terrible week for jf brube shout out to him and uh, hopefully this team can get it together against the penguins who they play tomorrow uh, so tomorrow's episode we're doing another bonus episode we'll talk a little bit about the penguins coming up uh but right now i want to get into some prospect talk so i sat down uh, earlier this week with will scouch of scouching and we talked a couple of of really fun prospects so uh, today we are going to talk about logan cooley so i will just play the conversation i'll just get into it So the Blue Jackets are kind of on a little upward streak at the minute, I suspect that's about to end. Uh, Their next three games are against Carolina, Florida and Pittsburgh. So I'm not holding out much hope there. The Blackhawks who uh, were the original owners of our other first round pick are on a bit of a downward trend, which you know, you love to see, but uh, I thought we would do a couple more draft profiles. So uh, I've got a new prospect expert on to come and talk about uh, some more teenagers. So I've got uh, Will Scouch of Scouching here to uh, talk about a couple of a couple of really exciting prospects. So uh, thanks for thanks for coming on, Will.
1: Oh, it's a pleasure, Jay. I've heard a lot of really good things.
0: Well, we love to hear that, of course. (laughs) Uh, But uh, let's talk. Let's start off with uh, Logan Cooley, who is a name that I have heard a lot. Uh, What can you what can you tell me about about Cooley, kind of as as a player? What should Teams be expecting from a guy like uh, Logan Cooley?
1: Yeah, he is the sort of, you know, in my view, he's sort of the crown jewel of the US development team this year. Uh, he's that sort of prototypical, speedy, skilled, uh, really dynamic offensive center. Um, he, he's got great pace in his game. He moves the puck up the ice real quick. Uh, you know, he's got a real nice dual threat offense where he can get into scoring position himself or work off the perimeter and just has a really, really simple but effective approach to the game that really seems to work for him. And and I, I've really enjoyed watching him play. Um, he's number two for me right now on my board. I think he's got all the potential in the world to be at the wor- at worst, a top six sort of offensive uh, offensive center for an NHL team. And he's one of the more exciting, fun players to watch this year, which is also a nice bonus. He's, he's an exciting, fun player to watch and uh, really looking forward to seeing where he lands for sure.
0: Yeah, he seems like a, a player that is um, kind of like the like Kent Johnson, you know? I think he's, he's such a, an exciting player to watch all the time like all of the the highlights and stuff I've seen of Cooley I feel like every game he's doing something just completely bonkers and mm-hmm. super exciting uh I think it helps that the the U.S. national team the national development team is typically pretty good at kind of churning yeah. out uh prospects but um does is there like so I've been trying to get some NHL comparables for prospects uh kind of Mostly for, for me, because I'm not super up on prospects, but mm-hmm. also for listeners who may also not be super up on prospects. So, like, is there a guy in the NHL at the minute that, you know, you can look at and say, that's, your know, best-case scenario, that is what we're going to get from Logan Cooley?
1: I mean, the first thing that pops into my head is is a name like Matthew Barzell, who is just exciting when you watch him, maybe kind of up that Travis Konecny angle too, maybe, maybe a bit less of a of a pest on the ice than a guy like of, of a guy like connect but he definitely has that sort of high skill, high pace, you know, high intensity to his game. Um, you know, and I, I think that maybe more up the line of Barzal who has that truly high end, uh, high end speed and skill combination to his game that you do really want to see more of. Um so those are the names that jump to mind right away and I'm trying to think of others off the top of my head. Um but I think that's kind of in the right neighborhood I would say.
0: Yeah, I mean I would not be mad about having Matt Bazal on my team and I don't think a lot of people would be. So uh, that's that's a really fun uh, comparable that I haven't heard from about anyone else in the draft so far. I think getting some really fun, really fun comparables. But uh, that one is yeah. that exciting.
1: Like Dylan Larkin is another one that kind of comes to mind. Just one of these really quick, skilled guys that can both score and set up a play. He just has a really, really nice, well-rounded offensive skill set. So something in that range.
0: In a minute, I've got more conversation with Will about Logan Cooley, but first I want to tell you about Bet Online because football might be over, but basketball is in full swing, both pro and college hoops are full steam ahead, and from all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fight coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs, BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts and news this season, and it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, UFC odds, uh, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. BetOnline.net has it all. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action because BetOnline is where the game starts. Welcome back to Locked On Blue Jackets. Thank you for making this your first listen of the day every day. Locked On Blue Jackets is free and available on all podcast platforms and I appreciate you. In terms of, so obviously he's listed as a centre in this draft and something that kind of, as I've gotten a little bit more into kind of looking at prospects and obviously um, last season Blue Jackets drafted two centres in the first round, but we're kind of, the way I'm looking at it, I don't think Ken Johnson is a centre at the NHL level and kind of looking at plays that are listed as centres but probably will switch to wing in in the NHL level is Cooley the kind of guy that you see as like a legitimate NHL center or is he a guy that his skill set is probably going to be better suited to being on someone's wing
1: I mean he's a guy that I think he's been playing center every game I've seen him he has not touched the wing uh in any of the games I've seen him and he's such a he's a player where I think an NHL coach is going to have to accept that as a defensive center I don't think you're going to get absolutely like a perfect hockey player out of him but I do think that if you're willing to let him play in open ice you know let him positionally be aware defensively and just sort of cover the right space and be ready to sort of jump into that offense immediately after the puck gets turned over then I think yeah I think he could be a a center I mean he's a great player up the middle he's a great offensive rush quarterback one of the best if not the best I've tracked this year so far Um, and I feel like running running an offense through him up the middle of the ice certainly can be a, a huge benefit for a team's offense. So I would say that he's one of these guys where I would put him at center. And as a last resort, if it's really not working out after a little bit of time, say, all right, maybe we'll play on the wing, try to, try to put you down there. And I mean, we're, we're talking about the Columbus blue jackets a little bit here. I look at the Columbus blue jackets down the middle, down the, in the future, I think that there is definitely a role for someone like Logan Cooley, especially if you lock up a guy like Patrick line, long-term, who's a pretty solid offensive rush player himself, but much more of a finisher and sort of a offensive zone player. And I feel like Cooley would pair off of a player like that really, really well and, and be able to find him in the offensive zone. And I just feel like putting him on the wing is just sort of the easy answer to say, well, he's not big enough. And his defensive game is not fantastic, but for me, the pros with him strongly outweigh the cons, especially when you give him some space to play with and some time to to build up that speed and, and work that skill he has.
0: Yeah, that's, again, something I've kind of been going into this draft looking at is, you know, if we do end up signing Patrick a long-term, you know, we're going to have to get him a real center eventually. You know, we can't keep putting Boone Jenner there and hoping for the best mm-hmm. because the Blue Jackets kind of have two and a half centers at the minute, at best, and, like, Cole Sillinger, I think, has done pretty well as a centre, but I don't see uh, Kent Johnson as, as a true number one centre, so getting a guy like Cooley I think is probably pretty important to having someone, like you say, to play on a line with Patrick Lyonet, because that's kind of – that's what we need at the minute, I think. Even more than, you know, a definite centre is I think we need someone that can play on Patrick Lyonet's line. So to speak, mm-hmm. and uh, I'll be I'll be disappointed if uh, if Cooley does not kind of drop to drop to that because I'm kind of looking at the the rankings on elite prospects and some like you have him at, at second, uh, some guys have him as low as nine, which would be great. I'm kind of looking at that three to eight mm-hmm. range for where hopefully both Chicago and uh Columbus will be picking and so if he could kind of fall there that would be that would be ideal but it's it's not looking it's not looking super hopeful
1: that's yeah that's the other side of this discussion too right I I don't think Cooley's gonna last very long in this year's draft but I do think that you never know you know there's still a lot of games left in the season um there's still a long way to go before we know who picks where Uh, you always, you got two lottery balls, you know, going into the, into the, into the lottery You never know what could happen. But I mean, if, if all else fails, if if it's not Cooley, I think there are more than enough options available more towards that back half of the top 10 into the early teens. If, if sort of the quote unquote worst case scenario happens for Columbus, where they just end up with these two lottery picks that aren't necessarily super high end. I still have a lot of faith in at least the top, I'd say 15 to 20 names in this year's draft. Um, and someone good will be available, and I, I, I think that that that's something you can sort of rely on. Yeah, for sure. I've looked at
0: I think seven or eight guys now. Are kind of, I'm looking at hopefully kind of, you know, we I've looked at Shane Wright, who's going first overall, and then I've looked at you know some guys that are probably going to be towards the back end, but mostly I've kind of looked at like you say the kind of the back half of the top ten into the the early teens, and so you know I'm hearing a lot of really good noise about. The guys that are kind of falling in that and especially I think because last year's draft was so weak I'm looking at this year and thinking oh actually there's there's a lot of, of really good really good players that are kind of uh, like you say probably going to be in the top 15 to 20 of this draft mm-hmm. which is which is great. Um, I want to talk a little bit kind of more broadly about the U.S. development team uh, as a whole, because obviously they've got Logan Cooley and they've got uh, Frank Nazar as well, who's someone that I'm super excited about uh, potentially falling to falling to the Blue Jackets. Uh, coming up in a minute, I've got the end of my conversation with Will about Logan Cooley and the uh, US national development team kind of at large. That's what's coming up next on Lockdown Blue Jackets. What is it about this team that kind of has made them, I guess, the... I would call to say the gold standard for developing young American players. Is it, is it the, the coaching? Is it like just the money that gets put in? Is there something that they're doing differently to basically every other uh, USHL team?
1: Well, it's, it's, it's hard to be perfectly articulate because I don't know the inner workings of the NTDP, but I do think, I mean, I've been following the draft at least casually for about, 10 years or so maybe 10 12 years and the NTDP 10 12 years ago was not really what it is now it was kind of a fledgling little project i felt that young us talent still hadn't quite caught up to um, quite caught up to where hockey canada was and a lot of really good american talent was coming to North, coming to canada sorry to play in the in the ohl and all that stuff Um, And the USHL was a little bit of an afterthought, but I feel like the NTDP eventually sort of figured out pretty quickly that the game was changing and the way that they're bringing up their players and the way that you see the game played by the NTDP is very based around sort of skill and offense, like even their depth forwards, Um, they, they don't have that many guys that are six foot five and just bruisers you know, like some traditional hockey thinking might have a lot of their players are skill, 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 even their bigger players have a lot of skill to them. And they're just, I feel like they're encouraging them to be creative more than anything. And we saw guys like um, Jack Hughes come through that program. And we saw guys like uh, Trevor Zegras was on the same team with Cole Caulfield. Like they're kind of thinking outside the box to elevate these really high end you know, uh, AAA players in the States up to this development program to say, all right, let's see, let's take these really challenged players and see what happens when we put them all together. And I think with the rest of the USHL, I think it is undervalued in terms of, you know, I think, I think that ho- that trickle down effect from USA hockey and how good this NTDP program has gotten has had a bit of an effect on on the rest of the USHL and, and where the talent base is, is there. And I think you can find some good value there. But I think a lot of it, from my perspective, watching this team, this program for the last few years, especially in detail, is they just load their lineup full of just really quick, skilled guys who know how to score. Defensively, there are some guys here and there who do play some strong defensive defensive play, but their best defensemen in my view are the guys who are, are good defensively because they're so good offensively. They, they do whatever they can to remove pucks from opponents in the defensive end as quickly as possible, but they have the skating and skill to sort of quarterback and offense themselves. And I feel like that's been the trend over the last few years is just sort of really pushing towards this possession skill and creativity side of things that I still think that Hockey Canada and the like are still a little bit behind on in terms of making it your full lineups approach. Um, but I think that that's been a huge benefit for them and why it's just been getting better and better and better and why the US team at the World Juniors every year, in my view, is becoming a pretty major threat to to, to the Canadians.
0: Yeah, for sure. I feel like the the American team is always the most fun to watch. I think they're not necessarily the best team, but I always have a lot of fun rooting for the Americans, obviously. You know, Mm -hmm. listeners by now know I am not American, if you couldn't tell. Uh, And so (laughs) I don't really have, like, a dog in that fight when World Juniors comes around. I'm like, who's the most fun? Who has Blue Jackets Prospects on it? And, you know, Mm -hmm. the, the U.S. team doesn't have any Blue Jackets Prospects at the minute, I don't think. But they're still... They're just a lot of fun to watch, and I feel like every yeah. time, like you say, Jack Hughes, Trevor uh, I think uh, Dylan Larkin and Zach Zacharynski took a turn on on the team. Uh, Austin Matthews, like every time you look at like an, a young, exciting American player, chances are he came through that project. That uh, yeah. yeah, that project, which is yeah, yeah, which is fun.
1: Yeah, they do, they do, and it, it's interesting because they also these guys play together, you know, they, they know how an advantage they have, like in, 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 with hockey Canada, we don't really have this sort of program where we take the elite of the elite young players and just put them on a team together when they're 16 or even 15. And, and they play two or three years together as one, just tank of a team and the States just. So when it comes time for these international tournaments, like the under 18s and the under 20s, These guys know each other they've they've been playing together for years or they have in the past usually played together so that's also an advantage in this international sort of stage where they are trying to sort of show off where their program is headed and what the talent is like on their teams whereas hockey canada i think if you made a sort of hockey canada team and they toured all year and played in the chl and just were the best junior players in canada you'd probably have a pretty darn good team there too after a couple of years of playing together um, but, but that's another thing to, to, to really look for with the U S is that they have these guys that just know how to play together as soon as they hit the ice in game one of these tournaments. And it's really interesting to watch. And I, it's one of the most, like you said, it's the most, it's probably the most fun junior team to watch anytime there's junior hockey going on.
0: And that's what I've got for you today. Uh, tomorrow, like I said a little earlier, we're going to do a quick preview of the upcoming Penguins game, who, uh, is that is, that is the game tomorrow night. So we're going to do a quick look at that. And uh, I've got a scouting profile for you uh, with Will Scourge. We sat down and talked about Philip Mayshaw. So that's uh, fun and exciting. And that is what is coming up tomorrow on Locked on Blue Jackets. I've been Jay Foster. You can find me on Twitter at underscore Jacob Foster. J-A-K-O-B-F-O-R-S-T-E-R. You can find this podcast at L-O underscore Blue Jackets. And wherever you get your podcasts, we are soon to be on YouTube. Keep an eye out for that. And if you have comments, questions, criticisms, you can email me at lockedonbluejackets at gmail.com. Thank you once again for making this your first listen of the day. Make sure you go and make, you go and make Locked on NHL Fantasy your second listen of the day. Uh, if you want to get ahead of the curve on your NHL fantasy hockey team, Locked on NHL Fantasy is the way to go. So make sure you check those guys out. They're doing a really great job over there. And until tomorrow, make sure you stay. Locked on.